Welcome, everybody, to episode 83 of Zelda Working Title Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and here with me today are Alex and Angel. What's up, you guys? Hello. Hey. Hello. So, we wanted Matt and Nick to be here, of course, but they are getting ready to go on tour, go around the world and sing their hearts out. No, they're doing uh, a porn tour. I called, yeah, that too. I called Nick, and he informed me that he is on, I think, frame 28 of his Charles Barkley comic, high comic. Is that what he's doing? You guys don't know. I have no clue. I don't know what Nick, you're Nick, you can about. let us know when you come back. Okay. Never mind. Uh, so this week, we're going to start off with emails, because we actually have a lot of them, which is pretty cool. Emails! So, yes. It's like my dream come true. We can actually just finish <laughs> it right afterwards. Right. Just, you know, read the emails and we're done. All right. This is from Max Topschlom. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Topschlom. T-O-P-S-H-O-L-M. Is top shalom. Top is shalom? No, top shalom. Just read the fucking shalom. email. All right, whatever. Podcasters of the Zelda Working Title Podcast. Well, hello there. The name is Maxon, and I have listened to your podcast for well over two years now. Your podcast is the best of the bunch that I have listened to among the fifty other podcasts as of gaming podcasts. Holy shit! You need a, a lot. You need to get a fucking life. How do you <laughs> game? How do you he games do, while he listens? Do obviously. something else. He works while he listens. He poops while he listens. He's just listening all the time. Max, you are dedicated, and I like it. The fact that you guys are going off track sometimes makes the podcast unique in a much better way. Nick, keep growing that mustache. Your manliness will become well over 9,000 when it's bigger. That's for sure. Matt, crack open those cold ones. They sure are tasty sometimes. <laughs> Alex, you should be looking for that synchronized Chinese swim team by now if you haven't. <laughs> Adam, that black Jesus joke, it never gets old. Keep up the good work for glory. Oh, no angel? I'm over it. That's mean. Sincerely, a Nord in Sky- Skyrim, Maxon. Yay. All right, Caesar Ruiz writes in, The Binding of Alex. Hello, WT Podcast Committee. First off, I'd like to say that I am happy to finally hear Alex's voice clearly in the podcast. Did you change your setup? What? Alex. What the hell is he talking about? I guess Apparently, your voice sounds better. You removed Have the you dick out of your throat. Can we just not talk it? about these emails? Because this is getting fucking gay. How? how? It's the second one. <laughs> I'm, really tired of the, I'm really tired of these. We have uh, 30 more to go. God damn it. All right, keep just read them fast. <laughs> My brother is also a fan of The Binding of Isaac, and he has dedicated a lot of hours to it. He likes the Zelda layout of the game as, and is excited to play the new expansion pack coming out. It is sort of funny because all my nephews and nieces watch him play against feces monsters and gut blobs. My 13-year-old cousin recently got into it, but I think we need to cut her off from the graphic details. <laughs> I noticed that these indie games are offering players a different take off from mainstream titles, both in content and ideas. These games offer rewarding difficulty, brand new ideas, and are available for less than $10. My question is this. Are indie games leading to the new frontier into expanding the idea of video games? Are they looking back into the early days of video games and expanding upon those cherished traditions? Does this mean that full-fledged console-slash-PC games will attract more casual gamers and leave the advanced players to high-difficulty independent games? You know what? Before we answer that, we should save this one and save it as another topic. Yeah, Ooh. I think this is worth talking. This is a good topic, and we've been All proposing right, yeah. to talk about this for a while. So Yeah, that's actually pretty good, so we'll, we'll put a should point we on that one. Should we just tell them something? Uh, listen to we'll the talk next about it later. podcast. All right. Good, good job, Caesar. Thank you. Let's see. Brett Fullington. 
Minecraft on Xbox 360. This is a little old, but whatever. Greetings! Minecraft will be available on Xbox 360 starting tomorrow. How successful do you think the game will be on a console rather than a far superior computer? What is your experience with Minecraft? Have you played it? And if so, to what extent? Without the ability to use mods and custom textures and map imports, do you think that the game will have a decent player base on the Xbox? I can't see many 12-year-old Modern Warfare 3 quickscopers setting aside time to play Minecraft. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. Um, I think it's doing pretty well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I heard there was a problem with mm -hmm. uh, non-HD consoles, though. Right. I th and then today I saw that they're finally getting their money back. Yeah, they're getting money back. Yeah, apparently, to play... Because you can do local multiplayer on that game. Mm -hmm. uh, in that game. But, so it's split screen? Yeah, it's split screen, yeah. Jeez. But so you can't do tiny. it if it's not HD. If you don't have an mm -hmm. HDMI port on your, uh, on your 360, so... But they didn't explain that in the in the, I guess in right. So everybody paid for it without knowing. Yeah, that's a little weird that Minecraft would be on a console. Yeah, that's why that it would be popular. I thought it would be uh, kind of like not as not as uh, big and grandiose as the PC version. Like it would be limited somehow. Right. No, I mean like he said. Like I, I would think that not as many people would play it on 360 just as just because you know you don't have all that custom stuff that you can do, and that seems to be a lot of where the draw is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, nice stuff. It's like Minecraft on the go. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's doing poorly. So does it does it link up with like? Can you link it up with the PC version? That is a good question. All right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Well, if anyone does have it, let us know. Yeah. I wonder if it does cross-platform play. I doubt it. It should. I mean, it's a window. But it should. Yeah. yeah. It's a window, yeah, it's Windows-based, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know if you know. All right, Brett writes in again, the Black Ops 2 Oath. In blackest day and blackest night, Ugh. no horses shall escape my sight. Let those who fear the fierce black knight beware his power. Martin Lawrence is tight. What the fuck is this all about? Like, I didn't watch any of the footage for any videos for Black Ops 2. I have no idea. So I, have oh, no I was going to say, does this have anything to do with Bad Boys 2? Um, I think they're going Black Knight uh, reference on this one. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Yeah, I don't. Who knows? I don't get it either. All right, I have no idea how to pronounce this next person's name. Wow, what a surprise! It's either Oj or Oj Oj, and then I think it's I L N L Il 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 Anyway, miss you. Just like that old Mexican proverb, you don't know what you got until it's gone. I missed you guys. I just noticed, too, but that one guy sounds exactly like Paul Shear. It's uncanny. Also, I thought Skyward Sword was terrible. Had to say that since there's so much circle jerking over this game on this podcast. Adam, you're my second favorite person in this podcast, and I can't stop imagining you without a shirt on. That is awesome. That is fucking gay. That is... Horrible. What are these emails? From people, I don't know. I think we should stop. No, we can't. God damn it. We can't. It's impossible. Wait, so who's the uh, one that has, sounds like Harry Shearer? I have no idea. Paul, that Paul one Shearer? person. Who's that Paul one Shearer. person? That one person. Zane Prasad writes, Lineback. That was it? That was... That was, yeah, that was the email. Really? Okay, that one's okay. Really? I do like that one. Okay, next Short one. and sweet. <laughs> it's because you like imagining me without my shirt on. I know. No. It's okay. It's okay to admit it, Alex. No. Yeah, Okay. All right, Zane writes, Phantom Hourglass took place in a whole other world than Wind Waker. 
Instead of taking place in the Great Sea, PH took place in the land of the Ocean King. Since Lineback was part of the Ocean King, uh, parentheses, dream, then how is he in Hyrule in Spirit Tracks? Was there a Lineback in the Great Sea, too? Also, great podcast, guys. Wait. I don't ever remember anything about Phantom Hourglass not being real. So I don't know where you're getting this yeah, dream I don't thing know, from. Yeah. Next email. Phantom Hourglass is directly after Wind Waker. Yeah, and then uh, Spirit Tracks, Tracks is, is like... A hundred years later. Yeah, a hundred years later. It's, I think this is common knowledge. Yeah. So... Stop reading the fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Caesar Ruiz. Nick, save me a copy of your high... Oh, this is what he was talking about. Nick, save me a copy of your high fantasy Charles Barkley comic when you come to Phoenix. There you go. Mm-hmm. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Matt Hurd. Bored. I usually listen to the podcast before bed. Usually, I stay awake and listen to multiple episodes. I fell asleep during 81. Where did all the awesomeness go? Probably because Matt wasn't there. Call out to my man, Matt. By the way, my name is Matt, too. Now start getting drunk and make 82. Wait, we already did. 81, so 81 was the Mass Effect one? Uh, yes. <laughs> I knew it was going to suck. Yeah, that's all right. Trust me, uh, 82, you're, you're not in for anything better on 82. So <laughs> have fun with that. Caesar writes in again, Zelda songs. Hey, everyone. I'm not sure if you've mentioned this in the podcast before, but what are your favorite Zelda songs? None. I know, I, I know Nick can listen to the Fairy Fountain theme for hours, and I must agree with him. But more of my favorites include the Kakariko song and, and the Epona song. Any songs that I'm missing? Oh, uh, there's a Do song I... of time, song of storms. <laughs> song Angel, of you healing. don't have a favorite one? No, song of time is my favorite one. And my okay. brother is uh, Song of Storms. Cool. Alex? Um, I like the Gerudo theme. Yeah. But, also um, like the uh, Dark World theme from... Uh, I, do, I do love the Dark yeah. World theme from, uh, from... Link to the Past. Link to the Past. Yeah. I, I really like the Kakariko theme in Twilight Princess. Nah. And uh, Death Mountain, I think, in, in Link's Awakening. Hmm. And Not most to... most of the themes in Link's Awakening. Yeah, most of the themes. Yeah, in Link's a lot Awakening. of the uh, a lot of the um, what's it, Taladale Heights. Yeah, that's uh, that's one. That I mean, the Taladale Heights. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of good themes in Link's Awakening. I think I'd have to go with the uh, Dark World theme. When it's it, it, it's a really good theme. Yeah, it is. And the little uh, like segment that's in uh, the orchestrated really like... version, it's so good. I really, yeah, yeah, no, that's why I like it so much. <laughs> uh, I really liked uh, the goddesses theme, especially with Zelda singing in the background, but, yeah. Mm. All right, so there you go. Now you know. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Oh, my God. Okay, Brett Fullington, I think he was listening to last episode and just emailing us as he was listening. So, first one, episode 82. Hey, guys, great job on episode 82. I really enjoyed the long discussion about movies and games. I agree with you concerning The Dark Knight Rises. With the combination of The Dark Knight being hard to follow and The Avengers setting a very high standard, I'm not really stoked to see it. I don't think Catwoman, Anne Hathaway, will do anything to the story. Also, Prometheus doesn't appeal to me because, like you said, it seems a little late for this type of film. If this was 2002, then maybe I'd be interested, but it seems like this film is 10 years late. Anyways, keep up the good work. You keep my day a little less frustrating. Oh, Oh, and to... Add a little bit more about Prometheus. It's actually not a prequel to Alien. Ah. Okay, so it's definitely not. It's it's okay. definitely not. It's uh, it's in the it's. But it's in the starting, same universe. It's, it's right? Same universe, but starting off its own mythos. Huh. 
that's what uh, that's what Ridley Scott said. All right. Cool. Good to know. All right, Brett Fullington writes in again, Diablo 3. Just to confirm, D3 does have a real-life house auction house, allowing you to sell in-game items for real-world real world money. The reason this single-player game... Wait. The reason this single-player game has to have an internet connection is because there is no actual items or gear on the client. All items, gears, and drop codes are handled by the server. This is to prevent item duplication and sca scamming, as Diablo 2 was notorious for hacks. Okay. So that's good to know. Thank you, Brett. I still don't think that's a justification I, I think, to yeah, do that. That's terrible. Like, it, it is pretty bad, yeah. Because it just... At least like make it a way that people can still play. I mean, some people still don't even have internet. Yeah, but those people who don't have internet are not playing Diablo 3. You never know. No, I'm pretty they, sure. They could have sold their houses, no. their limbs, their livers. Well, I mean, there, there, there's a legitimate issue where if you're playing, I mean, if you're offline and you can't play your single-player game, that there is a legitimate issue to that. But yeah. I think the fact that you can't get, even get onto the damn server because it's getting overloaded and they couldn't fulfill the demand, especially with the first, yeah, in the first while. But I, I get the feeling that it's. It sounds like all that noise has been alleviated now, so I don't think it's as bad as they said it. Oh is. yeah, I mean, and, yeah. But of course, I'm, I'm more working I'm, on it, the, the, like, the bigger concern is the money making scam, like the money making scam Blizzard's been having in the past. You know, it's to between making three games, three StarCraft games, and also this auction house to begin with. You know, the, the auction house is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous idea. Obviously, they're trying to make some cash on this. Yeah, they know how to milk it. No, isn't it? Well, yeah, they, I don't they? They probably get a percentage of whatever money they get a cut of it. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's such a dangerous thing. I mean, like you're exchanging, you're not buying anything real. Well, I mean, it's the same concept as buying DLC or buying gold. Things yeah, for your I mean, avatar, it makes yeah, it makes sense. In, in in a way, and I think it's dumb. <laughs> I I almost think it's like it's promoting. It's promoting bad behavior. It's promoting. It's promoting something that's not good. Let's put it that so way. So is it is it that you sell in-game items for real money, or you use real money to buy items? I just like you know you don't have to like. There's DLC for like a Need for Speed game where you can buy like the best cars, like right off the bat. And I felt that was always dumb because you can unlock them later on. I think you're actively like, buying with real money items yeah, that people are selling buying, on the game. Yeah, but just like it okay. just well, that's not as bad. I mean, if it's if you're selling in-game items to get real money, I think that's another issue. I mean, you are getting real money. You are. are yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, do people like so? Like, let's say I find this the staff of like amazement, <laughs> and I set, put up the sale in the auction house. Do I get a cut? Of, like, do I get a cut of the money? And how much is are these things going for? Like, like, are you getting? Are you actually spending real? You're spending real money, but yeah, no, you no. Well, let's say like money? I like. Let's say I get it questing. Like I find this item that I don't want, so I put it up on the auction house to, for, to sell. Maybe somebody else will get it or buy it. Mm -hmm. Am I getting a cut of this money? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, like I don't. I don't care enough to really look it up, so I will well, be like because you're, like you're to stealing because you're selling the item to begin with, right? You should yeah, be getting technically some you're sort selling of money. Or is it? Or is you it? You seem to know. So write us an email and let us yeah. know. All right. Next email. Brett again. Graphics versus gameplay. 
I would agree with Angel that in the case of Call of Duty and Battlefield, the developers are focusing on the gameplay rather than the, the, rather than the terrain, more so in the case of Battlefield 3, which is easily better looking game than Modern Warfare 3. However, I still have many complaints with Modern Warfare 3, which I often play. The hit detection is very dodgy. Ugh, I understand that inter- internet connection has a lot to do with this, especially when you consider the games are hosted by someone in the lobby, supposedly a person with the strongest connection, rather than have a server hosted. Uh-huh. I think that I would sacrifice some games in ex- some sorry some graphics in exchange for more fluid gameplay. I still think Halo Reach has the best hit detection of our current generation first-person shooters. I might I might change that and say Call of Duty Four, but then yeah. I did see some some really shitty hit detection videos I saw like one day. So I was like, I took I, t- re- I retake that statement. I've never I mean I don't play any of the Call of Duties, but yeah, I've never noticed any. Bad hit detection in Halo, but yeah, Halo. Halo's always had really good hit detection. I remember like crazy shit going on in Halo Three, like people getting like shot, precise, yeah, shots. precise shots. Gotcha. Yeah, it's like so. It's pretty. It's pretty decent. I, I respect. I mean, it kind of has to be. Yeah, but um, the problem with uh, the main problem with Modern Warfare Three Online is uh, they have this their lag compensation um, algorithm. They have is. To basically, instead of what it, what normally um, matchmaking does, takes the best connection and uses it. This my own three takes like the worst connection and uses that for some reason. Hmm. And then like it kind of like make everyone else in the room lag a little bit, right? To compensate for the fact that that dude has shitty internet, right? Just make it even. To make it even, board. yeah, yeah. But it it really got out of hand in the first couple months. I don't know how it is now because I refuse to play it. But um, it, it was unbearable at some times. Like, it, if someone from, like, Mexico was playing, you just, you're not going to... They're going to be running around. You're going to be stuttering no matter what you do. And I was getting agitated. because like, I pay close to $100 a month, you know, for Fios, and I have, like, you know, which is amazing internet. Yeah. And because this little fucking Mexican douchebag ties two coconuts together... <laughs> So is it more hit detection or just lag? It's it's lag. It's lag compensation. Okay. But because of it, the hit detection is horrendous. You can shoot. You can get is headshots. There a local multiplayer. Uh, I think so. So how is the hit detection on that? Who the fuck plays local multiplayer? Ah, someone without internet. <laughs> so you don't know. No, I do not know. Okay. Probably like lag right. play. Uh, I haven't tried it with my brother, but he doesn't have a copy of the game anymore, and I refuse to put it in my Xbox, so <sighs> there goes that. All right, another one for Brett. At the end of the day, whether or not we have powerful consoles or nice graphics, I want a game that is consistently enjoyable and makes me want to come back and play. Minecraft is a prime example of a fun game that doesn't look great. In my lifetime, the consoles that have most often had these types of games are Nintendo consoles. I'm hoping the Wii U will revive single-player gaming for me. Very true. Yeah. I agree. But there's been a bunch of other... Um, I've played Shadow of the Colossus numerous times on the PS2. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it can it can be fun and look good at the yeah. same time. Um, I've played a couple RPGs over again because I like... They were good. Like mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo also has been around for the longest yeah. out of the th- out of the three companies. Yeah, but I mean, so. we you know, um, 
But like, does he mean like you know back in? I'm sorry, but but like back in the NES and Super Nintendo days, like games like you know lasted maximum five hours on a sit down. It was fine, right? But I mean, now games are about what twice the you know a lot of games are twice that length. (laughs) Yeah, it depends depending on the game, but yeah, yeah, if it's not Call of Duty, right? But like most most games, you most action games will run you maybe a good ten ten hours, fifteen. Yeah, definitely. Um, RPGs usually. Usually you're in for maybe like a forty hours. Mm-hmm. I know that much. I mean, um, JRPGs. Um, I know most of the Western RPGs are much longer because they fucking take forever. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, but he's talking about the graphics. Graphics versus so gameplay. Graphically versus uh, I mean, it's possible. It's what we're what's, what's going to happen. But like, for consistently be good. I mean. Now there's you know there's games that still aren't their masterpieces yeah, I mean, it's, aren't it's consistently just dependent good. on the game. It's dependent on the developer. Yeah, I mean, well, but it's sort of, sort of where the focus is, right? I mean, if the focus is less yeah. on making a crisp game, and part of it is, I mean, the previous one of the previous emails was about the difficulty of games. There are difficult 3D games that are out, but often they're actually not very well made. Like they're artificially hard. Yeah, there's there's the artificially hard where like AI is cheap and stuff. No, like like uh, like for example, like World at War for Call of Duty. I had a terrible time playing that on Veteran because it was cheap, hard. Oh, I think I remember you talking like, about like the grenades would grenades, yeah, grenades yeah. would find me at all like no matter what part of. Well, the Call of Duty Four did the same thing, right? Because they had like the infinite spawn points where the guys yeah, yeah, were the just. Infinite- con- there, it was just like it's a fun. Is that a fucking fun house full of guys coming out of that one house? Yeah, this is a little ridiculous, and it's artificially making the game hard rather than say boosting the guy's HP, which you can probably do, right? You yeah. have to get or more like headshots. where you take, um, or you take uh, Dra- Dark Souls that makes um, the game is hard, but it's beatable but in a beatable it's, way. It's right? very beatable, and it's hard. And it when you die, it's not because the game was being cheap, it's because you fucked up somehow. Right. Because you have to learn. The game forces you to learn enemy movements, forces you to block. You can't just attack like crazy. It's not It's not Devil May Cry where you're just pulling off combos left and right. It's being smart about things. Being like, hey, I can probably get one hidden on this guy while he goes for his big attack and let's do that and back away. It's, it's more methodical. You have to plan it out. But the game will punish you if you don't. Right. So those, those games are good. And... Uh- I keep Darks. on thinking like um, the worst offenders have been, I think maybe the Ninja Gaiden games, the the new ones. The new and ones are are, are are a big departure compared to what uh, the first one was. Well, you mean like the very first one? Oh well, well no, no, not ones. the NES. That shit is fucking hard. Well, no. So I think the NES version is hard. Like Ninja Gaiden no. one, two, and three, they're hard games. Are they hard? I felt it was a little cheap at times too. Yeah, they are. I don't think they're cheap. I actually oh, no, no. Are. There's there's enemies popping. Like you'll scroll over to infinite the... infinite spawns. Yeah. they knock you off. There is they knock there's you sort off edges. Of a, they... Okay, so you have to basically Ninja learn. Ninja Gaiden one pattern. is especially bad about it. Two and three aren't so bad about it. And okay. one there's a way to one there's a way to cheap your way through it. <laughs> Yeah. But um, if you play, like, 2 is very playable. Like, it's, okay. a, it's a hard game. Um, it's a very hard game. It's a very punishing game. But it's mistakes. It's sort of like I made the mistakes and that, you know, I, it cost me kind of, kind of game. Rather okay. than 
you know, like God of War is an example where if you play it on God, you can't see the guy even hitting you, right? The view is so far back, and oftentimes some of the hits are, you know, they don't glow. The weapons don't glow, so you don't know when the hit's coming. Yeah. So it's sort of at that angle, it's so cheap, but you're gonna get hit twice and you're gonna die on god mode yeah you have like you have to battle the guys and the camera in this game and then and you have to sort of be able to see what's going on and you there's not enough to pay attention to because all the colors run right the Mm -hmm. the, a dark brown looks sort of similar to a dark gray so you can't there's not enough contrast to see what's going on so you can't you can't block on time and then you have the effects of your own like uh chaos you know chains going off well and, and that's that makes most of the moves useless I mean, that's what, on top of everything else, you have all these cool moves that you're presumably able to oh, do. Oh, yeah, but, like, you usually use the same combo anyway. You're going to use you're gonna use square, square, triangle most yeah. of the game. You're going to use that action, combo. Actually, most action games, anything that gets anybody in the air, you're usually pretty safe. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I've learned. Like, basically, you just get them in the air and just juggle them. <laughs> right. That's, like, universal. So... If you have good difficulty and graphics, you get a good game. Well, then you have like you know games like Skyward Sword and Wind Waker that are just. Easy. Well, I mean the thing is like we, we mentioned this last week. You can't like there aren't really any games that just look bad nowadays. I mean you know there are art styles that look generic, but really nothing's going to look bad. Yeah, it's, no it's, it's going to be really hard to make a shitty looking game. I mean, looking game. You it's can right. make a shitty game. Oh, it's yeah. very easy to make a shitty game. But it's, but it's, it's going to be... everything. It comes, so, down, like, to you art, just, it comes yeah. down to art style, right? It comes down to being able to... Well, let's, let's save that for a minute. Because we're almost done yeah. with the emails. All right. One more. Brett Fullington. Arg. Wait, did I miss one? No. Arg. I still want to join you guys for a discussion episode. I hate listening and having input, but not being able to share it. You're sharing it now. So there you go, Brett. Noah Harned Brett, writes... Brett, next time, just write down notes if you're listening. And then at the end, you can hit us all with one <laughs> big email. Just to save you time. Just trying to- There's an idea. We have been thinking about doing live podcasts, but... Yeah, well, yeah, trying to figure out a way to get maybe like a, like a chat going while we talk and bullshit. Yeah. So we'll get back We're to you We're working on it. May or may not happen, so... I don't see why not, but... Don't look forward to it. It'll be a surprise if it ever does happen. It's never going to happen. Okay, so Noah is not dead. Sorry, frowny face. Hey, guys. Sorry I've been meaning to email you guys to let you know I'm not dead, but I haven't gotten around to it. And just so you know, I've been listening to the podcast since you started up again. I subscribed to Zelda Dungeon, but it's been piling up and I've lost interest in them. Good, because they suck. Well, no. Noah, traitor, cut them off. Cut them off. I haven't gotten bored enough to listen to them. Your podcast is still the best. All in caps. Hi, Nick. Dot, dot, dot. Anyways. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I really enjoyed your last episode, number 82. I really like the long conversations that go into de- t- detail about the subject. So I am pleased. Keep making podcasts, blah, 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 video games, blah. Whatever. Okay. okay. Is that it? One, one more. Fucking A. I think you're just making them up now. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Zane again. Hey, Adam. Last podcast I heard you make video games or something. 
If so, what are you wanting to make, and what ideas do you have? Hint. If not, what game, what would you make if you had unlimited resources? If the other guys want to make a game, they can say so too. Interactive Zelda Williams Connect, maybe? Hentai games Thanks. with tentacles. I'm surprised they haven't made those yet. I'm sure they have, we just haven't seen them. Hentai maybe. Connect games with tentacles? Y- yeah, totally. And Zelda Williams? Grope Hero. You could do it. You're the one working on the Connect stuff. I could do Did it. Did you see the, the new thing that's supposed to be better than Connect? The I forgot exactly what it was. The screen, like at the beginning, they had like a demo of somebody writing in like a one centimeter square. I didn't see the space. demo. I just saw the picture of it. It's based and and read the I article. Think that's, and it's yeah, like I it's like a camera for the PC the or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it can only track finger movement, from what I could tell. Oh, great! I give I Which give is, games a finger. Like that's all I want to do. That see, I mean, that's that, the kind that of was, effect I would play. Like I can fl- flip people with the bird. That's the type of game that I want to play. Like GTA. No, no, it's just hap- a massive effect. Happening. And you'd be like, all right, connect. Now give the reporter a big fuck you. Thank you. <laughs> Shepard out. Shepard out, uh, Yes, I'm, I'm going to grad school to make video games, and then hopefully I will make video games, and it'll be awesome. I can't wait for you to start making iPhone games. Ugh. Your entire, all this time, learning the, well, the, who knows? the trade. Maybe, maybe by then You're the making iPhone fucking will be iPhone like games. the best system ever. Yeah, It'll but you know how disappointing it'll have be. His own connect like you, you grew up like, oh, I want to make Nintendo games. <laughs> and I'm making fucking Maybe. shitty Cartoon Wars too. I would love to work for Nintendo, but we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated. How about that? Okay, so that was the last email. Uh, so Angel, you came up with an idea to talk about this week. Why don't you tell us about it? Uh, all right. Basically, um, uh, I was reading about the new Tales of Sinfo- uh, Tales of Game. Mm-hmm. And there was a discussion about the new art style and how it was going for like a more adult, realistic style. And people were harping about how, oh, yeah, finally we can probably play a good game that's going to be Finally, out. no more stupid kitty graphics. And like, I don't know why they, they insinuate that kitty graphics or non-realistic graphics equals a game that doesn't have adult tones or adult themes in it. Like... It's a dumb notion. So I was discussing maybe wondering why and what you guys thought about that too. Like why Why people people think that way and what do you guys think about it? Like what do you guys think about games or what games do you guys know of that aren't? Well, I mean the obvious answer for me is Wind Waker. I mean that probably was the first time I really, you know, realized what cell shading was and that there was another option aside from, you know, just getting more and more realistic and, you know, that's my favorite Zelda game, so... <laughs> uh, you know, personally, I don't think that you need, you know, realistic graphics to make a great game, but... I don't know, I mean, I guess... I don't want to stereotype people, but, like, the people who play a lot of the shooters, like Call of Duty, and really only do that... You know, all of those games are very realistic, so I guess they're going to be drawn more towards that kind of art style because they associate it with a fun game. Uh, yeah, but, like, they also associate Call of Duty as being, like, the only fun game, but, like... They also call it mature, but it's not really mature. Yeah, it's not really mature. Just because there's blood and guts everywhere doesn't make it a mature, it, like... There's, a, there's right. a certain irony to that kind of thinking, and it's sort of the 12-year-old... It's when you're 12 years old and you think of what's adult, 
that's what you think is adult. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely. R, that's what R-rated. it basically is. It's but basically the, and, little kids thinking that. But oh yeah, this is so cool. But what makes that thinking scary is that there are twenty-five to thirty-year-olds sure. that still th- they're college kids that think that same thing, and you hope that they would have gotten, they would have gotten to the point of distinguishing <clears throat> the difference between adult and mature. Um, yeah, that they would say, like, this is just, or a, rather, a kid's fantasy of what an adult's idea is and an adult's realization of what adult is, right? Or what mm-hmm. something is, what something mature is. When you're older, you think something mature as reading, like, a Dickens novel, right? <laughs> that That's sort of what you associate mature to be. You don't really think of it as fucking playing Call of Duty or watching WWE wrestling. True. Um, uh, sort of the comic book, I think comic books sort of have the same problem. Everybody says, well, you know, comics are are, are mature and very thought-provoking art form that we should all respect, and yet you have these comics where uh, a woman's boobs are fucking huge. Or, you, you know... Or they're barely, or most of the women are barely wearing anything. They're barely wearing anything. And when somebody calls them out and says, well, this is immature, they say, well, no, it's not immature. It's just how, you know, it's just how society's view. They'll they'll come up with some stupid excuse, but then you're like, no, that's, that, that thinking is immature to begin with. Like, Transformers is very immature. (laughs) It's, it's the 12-year-old's view of what an adult is like, but it's incredibly immature. Some wait, the movie. Who? Oh, like okay. the the movie, that, not that the would television make a show. More sense. No, but it's okay. like watching a like my, watching a Michael Bay movie or watching Bad Boys, right? It's because you know it's so fucking outrageous. That's what makes it fun. It's not realistic. It's completely stupid. Armageddon is completely stupid. Yeah, it's it's just a popcorn film. It's the over the top. It's not supposed to like you know produce any thoughts. And like I'm not going there thinking, okay, so what's the plan for? An asteroid hitting the size of Texas hitting Earth. Like, what? What are we going to do about that? What? A, well, it's, it's pure entertainment. No, yeah, it's you, all it is. It's just entertainment. It's mindless. It's so, almost mindless. It's, it's but not it's, a Citizen Kane. So, in your opinion, do you think like the more true adult themes are like? Well, I guess I should have worded that differently. But do you think like the more adult things are like? themes and settings rather than just like blood and gore and boobs and that's why that games kind of stuff. that's why I think games like Wind Waker and Twilight Princess have are very they're very mature games because if you're if you're too idiotic to recognize the themes within the game you'll mit, like you're bound to miss it because you just don't see those aspects of the game or you're not paying attention to it but you could look at it uh, you could look at it a little more academically. You could look at it a little well, more. You, well, you could look at it a little more. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. No. It's, I don't think the theme for Wind Waker's too dark. It gets near the end. It gets pretty, pretty dark. Once you know the flooding of. Well, no, it's not dark. And I, I but mean, like, but it, the adult, it, like, I don't think it's really too much of an adult. It's basically no, no. adult as in an adventure. It, like it is. No, but it's. Ad- yeah, I don't think. I don't Wind think. Waker, Wind Waker. Yeah, Wind Waker. Twilight Princess. Twilight Princess is a much better example. Uh-huh. Adult, as in towards the end of it, you get to a point where 
Ganon, you sort of agree with Ganondorf. Yeah, you kind of you kind of start feeling for you. No, I understand that, start, but like the whole so that, the, the but, entire game itself wasn't that way. It was basically you're set out to to just it's like you're, a, you're set it's out a to great save adventure game. You you set out to save your sister, but it gets to a point like why did this whole thing happen to begin with? And there's a dark, there's a deeper theme there where it's do you wait for a hero or do you take responsibility and actually go for it? And that's sort of what Link is doing as a little kid. He's mm-hmm. sort of going out and doing it because nobody else is going to fucking do anything about it. And that's sort of part of the regret of like the King of Hyrule where he's like, well, we didn't do anything. We were waiting for a hero this whole time and the guy just never showed up. Yeah, he, basically, yeah. And that in, that in itself, that's a deep theme. That's It's not overbearing. It's not mm-hmm. hitting you something. It's not hitting something on the head on on your head constantly. But it's it's something pretty provoke. It's a provocative thing to say. It's like, wow, that's that is a little bit of, like that's a bit of a thought in a game, and that actually is quite moving. Now you compare that to God of War, which is yeah, God of War. It seems like it's adult, right? It's just a revenge thing. It has boobs. It has boobs. boobs. Has blood has gore. It's boobs. It's regret and it's revenge, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. And just anger-filled testosterone rage. There's it's Michael no, Bay. There's nothing. Form. There's nothing. <laughs> it is. You know, yeah, you're not playing that game for. It's not really thought. It's not thought-provoking. You're not really feeling bad for Kratos. You, no. He's sort of. He's an asshole the whole time. You're not playing that game because you're trying to get some deeper meaning out of it, or you don't really get the deeper meaning out of it. You just by, sort of like, he just pissed off at everybody, so he's going to kill everybody. And by the time you get to, to save your family, you're so tired of this fucking trying to save your family that you just don't even care anymore. There's a difference between him and, say, the Punisher, where in, in the Punisher's case, there is an active, like, there is the active thing of Frank Castle thinking, if I can get my family back, would they even be able to recognize me? And God of War never asks that question, which makes it like that's a direction they could have gone. They could have added that little element to it, and they that just human side n- to the character, that human side of the character, the flaw. There could they could have acknowledged the flaw in his character and made it something, but it just never happened. As opposed to say, Mass, you know, Mass Effect has a great story and it has that has those deeper themes of well, Mass Effect also has morality that the player him or herself actually has to choose and it's it's sort of an overwrought morality right it's it's sort of like a heavy-handed morality because they actually actively ask you those questions to be good or to be bad yeah and it's but at, at the very least they there's a difference between a mass effect maturity and a modern warfare 3 maturity where just every there is no point everybody dies and the one moral question they ask in Modern Warfare 2 is, am I going to shoot those people in the airport? But it's not a real moral question because you're not really... You get, have to. Not only that, you're not, there's no out for you. There, there's only one direction. You're just going. Right, you can't. Sh- it's like I could shoot the fucking terrorists and kill them, and then you, can't, mission, you can't do mission that. Mission, yeah. mission's right, over, mission. right? Like I could have fucking killed the, the terrorists from the first place, or you could have killed, uh, killed the, the colonel from the in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. The trial, you just end the whole game from there. <laughs> but it's it's fun. I mean, the 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 problem is people want some sort of vindication for the things that they like. I think that's sort of the problem. Hmm. I think that's half the problem. 
right? You're spending yeah. a lot of time on video games. It has to be worth it. So, of course, it's an art. That's why we give it this fucking... De- that's why we say it's this definition. It doesn't have. To, it doesn't make any sense, and it's actually not true. It's completely immature. Rather than playing the game because it's actually an enjoyable game, right? Oh, I like blowing shit up. That's fun. That's why I play those games. <laughs> why not? What's wrong with that? Yeah, it's an escape. It's like something to kill time or just for fun. It's completely unrealistic too. Like you, you're not playing Call of Duty because it's realistic. You're actually playing it because it's your fantasy. Yeah, this it's hyper-realism. It's hyper-realism. It's to the point, it, it, right? It's so real. I like the game because it's realistic. It's a wrong answer. You're not playing it because it's realistic, because it's completely unrealistic. Exactly. But in terms of Angel, like, so why do you play a realistic game? You know, I won't play a game unless it's realistic looking. I think that's a taste... That's sort of a taste issue. Um, it's the reason no, you play a game. I don't. I'm not justifying it at all. Yeah, yeah. But I think like the reason some people who like more realistic games think less realistic looking games are, you know, quote unquote, kitty. I mean, they're colorful, and that. I mean, I guess in my mind that just kind of. Reminds me of, you know, when I was a kid and I would color and just everything would be colored. I mean, there weren't, you know, when you're a kid, you don't get shown a lot of color palettes that are just like dark grays and browns and kind of depressing. I mean, everything is very vibrant and different. Yeah, but like like the art style does not equate the game. That's what I was. I I, I know that. I know you guys understand them. Just like I don't understand why people can't just see that. That okay, yeah, it might have a, a very bright and vibrant art style, but maybe it's for a reason. Maybe the reason they have because right. uh, some of these Tales games, like they're like easily without like doing any special cycles, they can go seventy-five hours, eighty hours. Like that's a lot of content for one disc. And some of maybe. those games are quite dark. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're very dark. Like, like Tales of Symphonia is actually like, if I remember correctly, that w- that got to a point where it got really heavy. Well, it's about racism, how, like a genocide. Uh, there's like the whole in fact that there's two worlds siphoning for the same amount of like energy or some shit like that, and then yeah, one world was designated to kill. It, it got ridiculous, like how not ridiculous, but like it, it's pretty, pretty dark stuff, and it's cell shaded. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, and it's and it's a lot of times it's like comical, yeah, like slapstick almost. Yeah, it has comic. Yeah, it has those uh, that that really shitty humor that Japanese people have, <laughs> right? But in terms of what people misattributing. Uh, People aren't rational, I mean, to begin with. So it's a little hard to say, like, well, that's not a good reason to be liking a game or to be not playing a game. It's... I don't know how you can change anybody's mind, necessarily. No, but, like, what you were saying earlier, how, like, you know, it's basically the like the young 12-year-olds, 12, 13-year-olds who think that's what an adult should be. But then you're right, there were, there's the guys our age that still think the same way. Mm-hmm. Where you just sit there and you just palm your, your face palm. You're like, really? Like, you're I gonna won- pass up on these great games just because 
Not I'm, one boob's going to be shown? I wonder if it's because of a lack... You know, I wonder if it's because of a lack of culture. And it's it makes me sound like a sophisticated prick or like a um like a pompous ass but part of it is and yeah, you and your your ten dollar games you and you no not yeah. even just that but like <laughs> adam like i made it i made like a semi joke to you once you were wondering what am i going to do i have you know i'm done with mass effect 3 i'm like read a book and and your response was like, "Well, it's gonna be, it's got to be a Mass Effect book." It's like, but seriously, read a fucking book. Read, look at what else is out there. Yeah, right? expand Just your horizons. Expand your horizons and see what what other things you can see. It's stupid for anybody to just read superhero comics. Just mm-hmm. knowing what else is out there, knowing that like Neil Gaiman's Sandman is there, and you could really read like, you know, you could really read something on mythology or reading something like Day Tripper. But reading, going back and seeing other pieces of literature and seeing what, like, where this, where some of this inspiration can come from. And when you start doing that, I think you start realizing how much larger the world is and you start to actually, your tastes start to change when you decide to do that. And part of the problem is, you know, our, our culture sort of abhors that. We, we sort of like, we, you know... And it's it's almost like drained of a lot of culture. It's starting to come back a little, but American Idol is still popular, and people get their music from American Idol, mm-hmm. right? People, uh, how how much how how are the movie sales for Twilight? Not as good as Avengers. Oh, thank God oh, for that. Yeah, but it's but, still so so high, and it's right? so shitty. It's so shitty. Even um, it's so one dimensional. Like just not just like getting away from like the whole shitty vampire lore just just how flat the characters are have no substance whatsoever at least the hunger games has good characters but even the hunger games is not so it's it's better than what it's better written than twilight but it's oh, yeah. still not the greatest written tale no, yeah, it's not the ever. greatest written t- but it's actually you know for young adults it's much it's better a gr- it's a, it's much better. I mean, the Harry Potter books, at least the Harry Potter books, has quite a bit of substance to them. Yeah. And when you, when you're sort of lacking, you know, when you're sort of lacking in that culture, it, you're not going to end up liking. You're not going to be appreciating some really good things. Um, so then, why, why do you think people don't even give it a chance? It's too much of a big jump. Yeah, because they just they're so used to one thing, and then they it's very hard to think. To, it's people, very most hard people to, are superficial too. Well, it's very hard. Mm. To, you know, it's very hard for somebody to. It's very hard for me to recommend somebody to listen to classical music when they've never listened to, to it before, right? Because it's fifteen minutes long. You're not going to be able to sit through it, and you're not going to understand the patterns. You're not going to understand what the beat, what the detail behind it is, and it, and so you sort of have to wean people into it. You know, you sort of have to put it on the radio, and then if they like it, they'll ask you about it. And then you play the next thing and the next thing, and then hopefully if their interest is built up, they give it to you. It's very hard to give somebody... It's very hard for me to recommend, say, if the guy loves Call of Duty 4 or or Modern Warfare 3, um, how am I going to recommend them Cave Story? Yeah. Yeah. How am I going to recommend them Bastion or Limbo or or Braid? 
Well, I mean, it might also come down to what type of games they like to play. Like, it may not even have anything to do with art style or visuals. True, but even at that level... Because, like, I wonder, you know, Borderlands is pretty... It's it's kind of in between. Like, it is cel-shaded. Yeah, it's cel-shaded, it but it's, like, cel-shaded kind of realistic. Like, it tries right. to go for that real... Like, go, try to go for more of a comic book approach. Yeah, that's a good analogy. But it's so a like, fantastic I wonder, game because it's blood and things everywhere. It's so good. Right, but like, do you think? I mean, that I could be a transition no game. That could be one this. of those those games that gets people. But like, then again, that game has guns and you know, and gore. Right. See, that's what I'm getting at. Like, do you, do you think people who like realistic games only played Borderlands? Wait, like that try like uh, gave it a chance. Yeah, it was pretty popular. So yeah, I can see that. I mean. Like, how popular was Darksiders? Oh, I can't imagine that was very popular. Yeah. It was not very good. Yeah, it was not very good. <laughs> but is that, that... But, I mean, that was kind of like a very close to God of War type game. Yeah, very, but it's more cel-shaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah, it was more more cel is more that comic book art style than, than God of War was. Uh, I just hated the art style on that altogether, so maybe I just didn't pay attention to it. But you can get somebody into, like, Deus Ex, right? I mean, you can get them into... Uh, if if you want to get them into a little more artsy, if the guy plays a lot of first-person shooters, mm. uh, I, I almost think you can get them into Mass Effect 2. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then you can also get them, branch them into something like Deus Ex and... But that's that's also a very realistic, very popular, you know, triple A title yeah. that all the bros play. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one to get like people to start into RPGs. Be like, hey, you like this, right? To, yeah. Try in terms one. of like trying to like comic booky art, I mean, part of it is also like the types of games that they play. You know, if, do you get somebody? Arkham Asylum would be an example of a gateway game into playing top-down adventure games. Right hmm. then, the next step. Do you try? Then do you try putting him into playing him, having him play like an isometric? Uh, no, act? I would feel no. I I would try more for like that's like a good stealth game. That because the most fun you have in in Arkham Asylum is being stealthy and everything. So I would that would be like a good Hitman game to go. But like we're somebody. talking about art style again. I mean, but like do, the art style. Um, do we the, do we then put them into Bastion? Do we then try doing Bastion at that point or? Um, I mean, part of it has to do with how do you convince somebody to play a game? Like, part of it is also like, I don't think people have done enough with the, and this goes back to last week, but there hasn't been enough exploration with different styles of art, different visual styles of art into other games and on other genres. You, you guys bring up Borderlands, but other than Borderlands, what other like first-person shooter really has sort of less of Try a, that, yeah. Trigun? No, no, try that. Try that. Uh, oh, oh, that approach. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a limitation of the hardware. Maybe now with new eh. consoles, you there be able to pull off like. I saw something about like an anime style first person shooter that either came out recently or is coming out in Japan. I mean, they have they had a uh, one of the the Naruto games for the PS3. Um, look close to being like anime stills 
Like that's. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's, that's their, like some of the some of the newer uh, DBZ games are pretty. Pretty. They're pretty close. close. I mean, there's to the point of we don't. I don't know of how much, you know, how much more, how much closer do you really have to get? I mean, it's getting it's getting to that point. I I again I don't know. I'm not the, I'm not an art director. I don't know how to how this. I don't know how the software works really, and how you know it's. But the question is, you guys have a power to think make games so almost ultra realistic. It looks almost realistic, but then, what about have you tried doing some other styles? And what happens when you try other styles? Mad Worlds would be a great example. <laughs> you know, Mad World's a great example of something like this. Yeah, but Mad World flopped. Mad World flopped, but it was one of the best game. I mean, that probably part of that had to do with it just. There was no advertising for it. Yeah, I don't if know. I think thing, it was, I thought it was terrible. Oh, I love that game. I thought it was I, one of I the. I couldn't. I played it and I was like, I, "Enough! I'm done with this game." It was a, It's because you're a bro, Angel. Well, no, it has I, nothing to do with being a bro. I thought, it's, it's, it was, why wouldn't I like that game? That game is about killing people and ripping people in half and shit. It's too black and white. Not enough brown. It was one of the. I. It's all. It's all, like, It's very arcadey. Like it gets very repetitive. But if you like that kind of thing. That's like the perfect. That's a great game. But Alex, you brought up an interesting point about like uh, marketing. Like, I wonder if a lot of the issue with people, you know, liking more realistic games more is simply because they're more popular, more people play them. I, I think that's a that's definitely a case. But I also think that people are there's a lot of pigeonholing that's going on right now. And you guys with what? Well, so the what are the art directions really right now? You either have brown. Uh, and you either have realistic Future. brown. Yeah, realistic, real, the most realist shit brown you have ever seen. Or you have uh, you have realistic jungle colors where it's just crazy vibrant colors. Yeah, or just really really bright greens. Or you have anime. How about um, El Shaddai? Oh my god, that was. Or you have so that's sort wacky. of the last one. The last one Holy is holy shit. The, that was a trip. All the last one is sort of off, like crazy off the wall, and it's it's like trying it's it trying its very best to be artsy as possible, and I don't think that's a really great way of going about it either. I mean, it's sort of like I, I I'm wondering if it's drifting away from being ultra realistic, being quote unquote realistic enough and playing more with the maybe like playing more with the color palette a little more mm-hmm. right maybe that's more of a better direction to go to rather than trying to make the most realistic looking fucking building on earth um and this goes back to like why do we like the next like generation hard- i mean th- like, this goes back to like the next generation hardware question you can blur things out a little bit a little bit better um adam you gave one i think the one perspective game where it was not the woman, but it was the the abandoned machine that like got turned on after ten years or something or hundred years. What? There was some demo you showed you had on. Oh, uh, Cora by um, not Cora, not the one with Quantic Dream. Is it the is that? That's not the machine one, right? That's not the one with that, the lady. That was that was the girl. No, not that one. The, the cyber. The other one. Built. The there was another one. Oh, 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 yeah, like the time. Yeah, so it's in in one. that case, it was like softer colors. They really played. What made it striking wasn't because it was so realistic looking as much. I mean, that was also striking, but also what was striking was 
there, there was a bit of a haze to it that gave it enough of like it wasn't the most re- it you know it it differentiated itself just because there was a bit of a haze. So like camera work, it looked like a bit of a camera like work, depth of field, yeah, depth of field stuff. But even just you know just clouding things up a little, not making things as detailed, not not making things ultra detailed. Hmm. It, it's sort of why um, like the Nintendo sixty four Turok fog. <laughs> because nothing could load. No, not like that. <laughs> you can't no, just but I mean, sort of up. like you know, like when Brawl came, um, Melee is still a very playable. It's more than playable. It's more playable than probably Brawl is in some degree. Oh, it's so good, and it's a fantastic. Like that game is still fantastic looking. It's not, and it's. Be- partly because there's not so much detail you have to pay attention to. Yeah, because you're zoomed out most of the time. I mean, you're zoomed out, but who cares about those details anyway, right? You yeah. don't really care. It doesn't really matter. And it sort of lends itself to an art style. It- it's not really cartoony. I mean, it sort of is in some ways, but it's not cel-shaded. And it's not, you know, it's just like it's solid colors and it's sort of, a not, you know, it's it's refined. It's re- It's refined looking. So it's refined looking because it doesn't have Toon Link. No, it's refined looking because it doesn't have like it doesn't look like fucking Max Payne. Like they didn't put the I don't know. I mean, I put the sweat I, on I love guy. melee. You know that, but I would almost say that at least in terms of the color, melee is pretty generic. Like I mean, you said just they don't really have a lot of different shades. I mean, it's just really a lot of solid colors. Yeah. I don't know. But your art styles are really being pigeonholed into like three or four different things right now. And it's sort of that that's sort of I, there's not a whole lot of there's not well, a whole lot of options. And it's also is it, it's driving what games are being like how the games are being made too. Like maybe this new game won't be in a cel-shaded format because it won't sell. Well, so indie games are really the only games, and this is, goes back to what the other guy was saying. Indie games are really the only game styles where it's sort of they have they've actually gotten somewhere in the middle of each of those things, where it's not so much one di- so far in one direction that you. Well, there also are a lot more indie games coming out than there are big title games. No, I know, but I'm uh, the point is like big title games aren't trying to go for somewhere in the middle. They're really pushing towards some one of those big directions. And it almost, uh, and I, I'm thinking of something like Trine and Trine Two. Those are beautiful games. If you've ever played Trine or Trine Two, like go see the demo. They're gorgeous games, but they're not ultra realistic. Like it's it's not. It's good looking and sort of it, it's realistic looking, but it's not like it's not ultra ultra realistic looking. Right, and then you have something like Dust Force, which is a little more cartoonish, or and uh, and and so on and so forth. Um, I I don't know I I don't know how you convince other people like, but it, how do you convince somebody to try something new and see if they're going to like it? You you really can't unless they're open enough to try it. Unless they try it on their own. Yeah, yeah but like I'm saying, these people are just judging it from the from the get go. Or, like, having these, this stigma already that, like, when did we develop the stigma that that uh, not realistic graphics equals a not adult game? Like, 
Mm-hmm. When did we get the stigma yeah, that when, Zelda when, was unreal? When did we get the stigma that Wind Waker was Kitty, right? Because it had a, a, the guy had a giant eyes and a giant head. Yeah, well, and, it's, and then it looked we, cartoony. It looked cartoony, and, and then, then from cartoony, it just went, oh, it's Kitty then. Yeah, I mean the same thing goes for Skyward Sword, right? Oh, that's ugly because it's and it doesn't look like fun. It's Kitty, but you know, Gears of War, it's definitely a fun game because it looks so realistic, right? Because because it's brown and things, everything is shiny. Because that's realistic. I mean, really, it, it, it's a. It, I use it's not. It's but it's the same thing. Like I can't take a fucking football player to the Met. I can't, and and show him like these, these are works of art, and he's going to be like, oh, this is boring. I'm going to go see a football game. Right. I mean, and they're not going to they're not going to acknowledge or they're not going to recognize the perhaps the the meaning or the beauty of some of these things because they just aren't cultured about it they they lack the knowledge about it yeah but these well i mean at that point we're kind of arguing beyond something we could really even talk about you know like why somebody likes something and another person doesn't well it's uh, it's simple i think the answer might be something as simple as exposure Right, you're. It's possible. Why yeah. do you like shitty music? Well, you're because you really, when you were a kid, you weren't really exposed to much else. That's one big reason. That could be one big reason for it. And the only I thing you make my to kids was, listen to nothing but Nickelback. <laughs> it's like listening to you know, if you're listening to pop music all the time, and that's the only thing you're listening to, you're not going to appreciate it that much, and you're not going to think outside of that box. You know, outside of that box of yours. But it ha- this pigeonholing does happen to other people. There are people that only listen to Bob Dylan, and as much as I love Bob Dylan, there's there's a world outside of that. But I get the impression because something like that is so far out to one edge, people are bound to try listening to other things also. So they would have gone through the, they would have gone through like a musical journey to get there. So they know other things are in existence. Yeah, but now there's Pandora though. They'll give you related music. You type in Bob Dylan, and you won't just get Bob Dylan. You'll get the other artists that are kind of like yeah, him. Yeah, so like Alex said, you know, you'll eventually branch yeah, you'll, out you'll, little by little. But there's no, there's no Pandora for games. Well, the, not yet. Though there's sort of, I mean, the thing is, if you, yeah. So if you, if the only thing you know is Call of Duty, and that's the only thing you've played, then you're only going to like that, and that's that thinking is only going to continue to happen. It's never gonna, you know, you're never you're never gonna branch out. So your only real hope is if you're ten years old, you try some other games and you try something else. I mean, this, the same thing happens with JRPG fans, right? They just like Final Fantasy and they just keep on playing those games, and that's all they play, and that's the only thing that they like. The difference is they they'll tell you that they like it because of the story, and it's the sort of a legitimate point. I liked it because I was pending. You know, fifty dollars for a game and getting forty hours out of it. Yeah, but they're not going to tell you because it's realistic. <laughs> yeah, no. a, I mean, that's a bullshit reason. You're going to no, it's not realistic. You know, the thing is, if somebody tells well, you, well, I mean, that's that's as much of a bullshit reason that saying the story because sometimes the stories suck, even though the players really like them. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, sometimes the graphics are awesome. Well, you have to be and, able, to, you know, the gra- the game is good because of it, or sometimes they suck and the people still like them. Yeah, well, they're I, again, it's, I or think sometimes it's, there's 20 minutes of CG. I, again, I sometimes. think it's I think it's a person 
that's trying to find a, a person that really likes it for a very base reason and they're almost trying to find vindication for why they like it because otherwise if they find out or if they were honest themselves and find out they just like it because it is so stupid what it what does it say about them if you were to say i love like i have a friend that was saying that he he loves like he has terrible taste in movies and games <laughs> You know, he likes, he loves the Call of Duty games, and he loves, and it's like, well, this is the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, there's there's other things out there, man. And I'm like, why do you like it? He's like, well, it's because it's so realistic. It's like, it's not really that realistic. You get shot, and then you're going to heal over time? Mm-hmm. The, 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 the game should be renamed Wolverine. Right. I mean, the, you get shot 20 times, and you're still not dead. Which, you if shot- you want to go play a good game, Wolverine Origins is a very good game. But it's like you know, why are you going to ju- why are you going to try justifying something you like and trying to make it sound like you're deep and provocative? Because otherwise, because otherwise you're an idiot. Because otherwise, people are going to think you're an idiot. Which, yeah, that's perfectly fine. I think that's perfectly fine. I I really do want to watch a fucking um, what was it? The Expendables too. Yeah, I want to watch it because I know that's just <laughs> because you know what a you're good time. Get. Yeah, you and you know it's going to be. You know what you're getting. You know it's going to be over the top ridiculous. It's an over top eighties action movie, and that's with enjoy- today's like special effects. And that's an- so you're saying are are you saying that you know anybody has the right to like this kind of stuff just because it's a good time, but don't try to don't try to find meaning out of it. I right. Don't, don't try, try to give make, excuses make, that you like it that aren't exactly. there. But like people who like Call of Duty, maybe trying to differentiate differentiate themselves from like just the mind hive, the hive mind mentality that oh must get it because of new Call of Duty. Like hey, they're trying to justify themselves. Why are you getting it? Yeah, not just why? because it's new Call of Duty. Or like same people, same people who get so the realistic. Madden games. Like ask them, hey, why are you getting fucking Madden this year? New roster, dude. Yo, there's oh, uh, if you. If you throw a Blades pass, black grass. if you throw a pass, the guy actually stiff arms. No. I, mean, like, I still think football games look horrible. Best one ever, still to this day, Blitz on the sixty-four. Okay, the best 64. Game is, I thought the best game, best football game ever, was Tech Mobile, but that was just <laughs> no man. You're all wrong. It's Yo, Joe Montana's football for the Sega Genesis. Ooh, it's the nice. reason. Um, if you're honest about it, I have no qualms about it. Right, if you're honest about why you buy those games, and I know what the honest reason is, but if you try, you like it because you like it. That's all you really have to say. Yeah. Um, regardless of realism. if it's good or not. <laughs> and to get a new Madden game, I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to say. I'm getting the new Madden game because of the updated roster. I and or because the mechanics are actually much better. Like maybe last year's version sucked terribly. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the thing, but, uh, you know, my counter-argument would be like, well, you know they're just trying to milk this for all it's worth, and you're buying into it. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, but I don't care about that. I still like the franchise. I like the game. I have... People buy that game because they have more of an investment into football itself. I mean, same, same reason we keep buying Zelda. I mean, you said last week it's, you know, the same game over and over and over, but we love we it. We love it, and... Because yeah, but that's it is the same game. The story is technically, but it's it's a different package. It comes in. <laughs> it's a, it's a different adventure to get there. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's not 
Mm. It's not Madden. It's not. But also, like, for Madden, the investment is also... And what... I never got a good answer till I I think I sort of figured out an ex- an answer I can find acceptable and it's, part of it is I don't have an investment in football but a lot of other people do have an investment in football. Sure. And yeah. so the game means more to them. The new game means more to them because the investment they have in those characters or really mm-hmm. the real football players because they really care about those football players. Not like they care about it, like they love them, but you know they got fucking money on them, or they have the statistics and they like the statistics more. They follow them. They follow them. Yeah, it means more to them. Just like how like right. Marvel, like Marvel's a lot. What was it? Um, Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate Alliance. I have an investment in that, and it's not the greatest game. But if you tell me like why did you pick it up, it's like oh, it's a fun, it's a fun game, even though it's not that great. And yeah. I love, I fucking love Marvel characters. Like yeah. I like following that shit. But really, to expand upon people's, really to expand upon people's interest in certain things, I think you need one of two things, and one of them is newer developers probably have to work more on different art styles and try and integrate that into the games. But the the reason that fails is because there's a lot of risk and people don't buy them, so people, so these companies will not try it. And the other thing is people need to be more more cultured. They have to be more exposed to different things and try out different things to begin with. But that sort of comes with, like, you need to have people play, I don't know, you have them, have, have them play indie games when they're growing up so they know that, like, there's more to games than just Call of Duty 4. Or... Well, I feel that, you know, we were we grew up through, like, all these different changes in art styles as... As news consoles, so we got to experience everything. We have a you know, right. We dabbled in a, like basically all types of art styles. We have exposure to yeah. everything. But like kids nowadays, they get into the game and it's realistic all the time. Most of the, you know, for most of all these games. So I, I can s- see. I can see from that point why they would feel that way. I think there but, will be a generation. There's going to be a time course where. You're exactly right. There, that there's going to be a group of people that will only like realistic-looking games. But part of what else is happening is exactly what you said. There were a lot of people that grew up our age, our age and older in particular, that played different styles of games. But what they're doing is they're actually passing those games on to their kids, right? And there's actually a whole slew of kids that will be um, that will be playing those indie games that have more of a that have that like older mentality of sorts, so they'll they'll be exposed to this huge amount of stuff. Uh, part of it is like as much as I say, like there's most of people, there's most people. You can argue most Americans are lacking culture. So I'll give an example, like music. Most people, like the highest sales will go to pop because it's so popular. But then you look at the music. Um, then you look at what happened with the indie music scene, and that started exploding too. There's, there's a group. Of, there's a lot of people listening to stuff that's not on the mainstream. That's because those are hipsters. They're hipsters, but I mean, there's also, you know, that's the abomination of society. Don't the, know those other people. Credit. I mean, Nick's a fucking hipster too. I mean, fuck hipsters. Yeah, fuck them all. <laughs> but. Not just any music. Like some of it's gotten popular. Some of it's gotten acceptable and popular, which is, which is a good thing. And I think games could do that too. 
where you you can have this like oh, this other style these other styles still existing um it just has to sort of come out of sort of its threshold so you're saying we need more gaming hipsters that's what indie games no. are Kinda, I'm sort of a yeah. hipster. I, I hate to admit this. I should shoot myself now. You love to admit it. I should shoot myself now, but I, if, you know, I'm really pushing for indie games that are really cheap and have varying styles and have varying gameplay mechanics. That sure. I mean, it's okay. You're not a hipster because you wouldn't want it to succeed. You want no one else to know about it, so you're good. I I'm the complete <laughs> opposite. I want a lot of people to know about it. Yeah, you want you, you Oh, want you know, okay, you know what's a great example of a realistic looking game that um it just dawned on me. Team Fortress 2. Or not a realistic a cartoony looking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A shooter that's cartoony. That's cartoony and it, you know. Yeah. Um but I don't think a lot of like Call of Duty players play Team Fortress. I don't think a lot of them know it exists. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe again, the PC players do. Right. Most PC players know it because number one, it's free, and you probably have, you probably have played it at some point. And if you have, but I think I think PC players even are a different breed. Like even P, uh, PC FPS players. Yeah. I don't think they they play the same games as you know just console FPS players. No, and there's the uh, PC players are often labeled as elitists. Mm-hmm. They're often labeled as pompous. Mm. They are a bit more, cul- um, but I would even argue they are a little bit more cultured. They have to have a certain. It's not that you just plug something in and play it, right? PC gaming requires a certain depth of knowledge, to some point, and there is m- more limited gaming for PC players. Um, at least right now, there is. So how does that broaden their exposure? Well, hasn't it, it always been? It's always yeah. been that way, but because of, because it's been more selective, it, it's sort of it's sort of forced people to play other things too. They're not restricted just playing one thing. That's why like the Sims got fucking popular, or you know people will give it a try because there's not so much there's not a huge slew of games. They seem to be more prone to be open to other things. Which is why, like, Portal took off. Okay. Mm. I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, if you're... If the biggest games that you have, like, on top of your Call of Duties, there are games like Portal and Team Fortress 2 and Counter-Strike, which isn't, like... Those those were never... Like, Counter-Strike was not a really realistic-looking game to begin with. It became well. well it, I think it, it was attempting it with just the graphics at the time. At the right. time, it was attempting it, but it wasn't like people just didn't jump on the bandwagon. People didn't jump on the bandwagon all of a sudden when um, counter, well, when the new Counter Strike came out versus the old Counter Strike. You already had the old people playing Counter Strike going into the new um, what was it Counter Strike Source or whatever the hell it was. CSS, yeah. But you already had people. Basically, they went to the upgraded version because it was the upgraded version, not so much because that was the first exposure to a game that they've ever had. Wait, so you had something un—you had something that was wasn't realistic looking, and people were going to something that was realistic looking. And the reason they were making the jump was because the game itself 
Not so much because the look was the only the look wasn't the only reason that for them to go. It was just it was a new version of it. Was yeah, just it was a new, new version of the game. It was just a new shiny version of the game. You could have thrown yeah. out there versus like Co- Zelda Mo- cell shaded. I think they would have played it anyway. Versus Modern Warfare four or Modern Warfare where a lot of people started playing that was like the first game a lot of people started playing. Or that was a game that they started playing seriously. Yeah. From that point, and the thing would, that got them was the real, the realism of it. I would love for Activision sell well, cell shaded Call of Duty, just Black Ops Two. That would be very interesting. That would be hysterical just to see the outcries and. <laughs> but we're we're going the opposite way with the Tales game, right? Yeah, it's coming from, from... Uh, coming from it. Well, it's just like it just showed production stills. Nothing, not okay. concept art. So like, but like, it people were just celebrating it like it's the gr- second coming of Christ. <laughs> but first like, off, it's people, probably not coming to the U.S. People who only play, for example, who only play JRPGs, I don't think they're not going to play this new Tales game because it's realistic. No, they're not going to play because it's probably not coming to the U.S. because it won't get localized. Well, but aside from aside that. from that, um, yeah, they they're, they're still going to play it. But like, I, there could be people who who only play those realistic type looking uh, RP, JRPGs or RPGs. Like, it's unfortunate that the reason that they're doing this is because they know that the reason that was a Namco. Yeah. The reason Namco is doing this is because they know that there's more people that there are people that will play more likely play the game if it's realistic looking. Yeah, see, that's what that's another like mm. evolution of what I'm trying to say. Like, because of this mentality that they have, the stigma people have for non-realistic games, it's affecting how games come out. Mm-hmm. And There's, I mean, the only thing you can do is you either play it and you buy it and you play it, or you just don't play it, and you sort of look at and. This would have concerned me more five years ago, and this probably did concern me more five years ago, where it's all going in this one direction. Things are getting more and more realistic looking, as pointless as that is, because it's like, okay, well, things already are looking very, very realistic. Well, Um, you know, five years ago, the problem wasn't the whole brown and realistic looking. It was the whole fucking bloom issue, where everything was super shiny. And everyone's worried that the future, like, for every game, the whole entire next-gen HD graphics meant shiny. And there was, like, there was a big problem with that. Now, now we have the problem where wherever you want to make a gritty game, you have to make sure there's browns and but blacks. So and the problem with gritty game is an art direction problem, not so much a technology problem. I think anything looking too shiny... You can argue it's a, it's a. I think you can argue partly it's an art problem because it, it's how you're using the technology. But part of it was also like we're trying to f- still get a handle on that technology. We're trying to still figure out what we can and cannot do, and try to optimize what something is looking like. But right now, it's like things are brown not because people are not good at using the technology. Things are brown and black because people have no fucking ideas, which is a lot more dangerous. You're limited. Yeah. So your limiting factor here is your own imagination. It's not the actual technology. The technology is perfectly fine. Well, it's it's the stereotype. You want to make a game in like a in a post-apocalyptic future, you only have one art palette to choose from. Mm-hmm. 
Because I mean, bright, bright, vibrant colors don't uh, convey anything negative. I would yeah. argue otherwise, actually. No, which is actually why Enslave was very um, different, because it shows how nature, basically, how what actually would happen if there's no humans. Nature takes back everything, hmm. so there will be green everywhere. That's cool. Yeah, so that's why there's like it's you you start off in New York basically, but it's overrun with trees and fauna and all that stuff. I'll give you like Final Fantasy VI, the world ends, and when the world of ruin comes to pass, and I'm probably blowing this, but if you haven't fucking played that game by now, who the fuck cares? I'm gonna boy, I'm gonna spoil it for you. But anyway, you have the world of ruin. The world of ruin has brown, but. It's very colorful. It's like a very colorful brown. Right? You know the world looks like it's seen better days, but you do it with more than just one fucking color palette. And this is sort of like... See, right? I blame Final Fantasy VII for that, because Final Fantasy VII just basically one fucking color the entire time, too. I think... What was it? Like, another example I can think of is like... Um, and this is drifting from a video game standpoint, but like people drawing batman nowadays the costume it's all, black. Is, it's all black which it makes no sense there's no contrast in color you 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 look at that versus like bruce tim's batman which it's gray black and blue and yellow there's a one big yellow patch but the mixture the mixture of contrasting colors of having the grays and the blacks and the blues made it work really well. It made it look great. And and it was it made the style look great. Rather than just making a, everything fucking black. Yeah, I was a fan of the Tim Burton one. I mean it was the Tim Burton one's also like all fucking black. It's all black but with with the highlights of yellow. But, uh, the highlights of yellow, yeah. I mean it it was you could really see the contrast. But I mean like Commando like fucking Commando, what was it? Commando Batman, <laughs> you know, and Chris. I love I love Chris Nolan's Batman's, but it's like he's Urban well, Commando. I mean, for, for for that example, it's it feels like it wouldn't be as realistic, not in terms of realistic looking, but like who you know. I guess it, tra- would, it doesn't translate who would well. Wear that, yeah, it doesn't translate in today's modern society. It doesn't, it will, there's Chris Nolan. It also doesn't translate well to film, I guess, because like uh, Batman Forever, he wears like the, the the last suit he wears is that kind of silver gray, and it didn't look. <laughs> well, there were silver gray lines, which looked terrible. I mean, there's a no, right... no. It was, it was, it was the color of the suit itself. I think was silver, like it was a grayish silver. I think there's ways of making it work, and there's ways of not making it work. And I think well, that I think was they, a way that just didn't work. Yeah, it, because I think they were using rubber. I guess, I guess they couldn't make. It was also there's a lot of bloom on that, huh? There was a lot of shiny nipples on that one. Yeah. Ugh. So, but your I mean, the only other sense that you have where realistic and colorful is like Elder Scrolls. You know, you have Skyrim, which is go- it's a gorgeous game. It's a beautiful game, um, but it's one of the few games where it's a real ultra realistic looking game that where you have a beautiful world. But is that a lot of like bright, vibrant colors, or does it have a lot of shadows to it? That's quite a bit of shadows to it. I'm, 
I mean, but there's also bright colors too. I mean, you look at the sky versus like. Well, the sky is the sky. There's you know. There's no there's no there. dark, but I don't know if it's so much shadows. I you know you look at like a scene of it. And I don't remember too much of the shadows. Hmm. But it's sort. Of, I I almost feel like. Just, is there any other art directions you can go here <laughs> other than yeah. that other than those four we mentioned but like um yeah i mean but like mass effect is a little more toned down from it it's not ultra realistic looking you know it has it the people look like people right but they're not mm-hmm. like they don't they're not yeah but like those styles like it's still pretty pretty bland the color schemes i mean yeah even when you like Mass Effect it's, One, it's when you, diverse, but with that diversity, everything just kind of com- comes together and looks about the same tone. Yeah. Yeah. How about? Are you guys familiar with Mirror's Edge? Yeah, I seen. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Too bad. Too bad it was a, a shitty game. Hey, shut up! It's awesome. It's game. too. But visually, it's one of my favorite. Isn't games. it just all white? A lot of it is, but I mean that's part of it is that there's so much white, and then every here and there there's such accents of very bright colors. Oh yeah, the red telling you where to go next. Right, that was a big part of it. I, ugh, I don't know. I I hated that game. I'm sorry. It's just... I like it, but it's an example of like the you know it's worth taking the risk, and it just the experiment just right. didn't work out so well. I mean they. I think it's well. That's not. I don't think that's because of the visual. No, style. I don't think it's the visual style. Part of it's just like the idea, of, the idea for the game to begin with. Yeah, I think it was just a shit game in general. Aww. But you have, I mean, games like No More Heroes uses a mix. You know, that's a cel shaded style, but it's things are more cube, cube like. You know, flat edges. Yeah. Um. In a very violent it's setting. More comic. Book it's more like. comic book like. Um, you get uh, trying to like, you know, with two D sprites, something that's hand drawn, you can make, you can make thing. There's modulations between making things realistic looking and less realistic looking. Um, where the where the proportions are more like what regular people look like, and then you can morph that around. You you can have a a range of that for different games. So when you play like so. A, so basically, they're going for like a cartoon art style, basically. Well, I mean, because you would never call it a cartoon art style, right? When you played Mario, it was like, well, that's Mario. It's not really, what's the art style? It's just distinct from every other game. It's distinct from, say, playing Zelda, which is distinct from playing Metroid. Would you yeah. call Metroid realistic looking, like Super Metroid? No, well, I'm t- well, now that's an issue now. Now there's arts. Th- now there is an influence. Like a oh, now it is. On- yeah, yeah. Now it's very like you know the games nowadays have that art style, have that definitive art style. But like you know, maybe that's what they're you know uh, trying to trying to get to is like you know how we have realistic games trying to push trying to get closer to photorealism. Now you can have those two D sprite games getting closer to an actual hand, like an actual animation. Yeah, and when you as wonder fluid if as realistic as not a realistic but I'm just saying like as close to like a live moving cartoon right, hand drawn yeah, animation. animation that right. could be the aspiration for those type of games. Mm. Um and that's and I don't know. It's basically that could be a push for a future another 
type of art style. It could be. I just sort of wonder if... Uh, I mean, it has to sell, right? Yeah. But, I mean, if you if you were to... That wouldn't sell, like, a game that looks like a 2D sprites, like, you know, but has just fluid anima- animation that just looks completely like... If you're playing... Like playing Naruto? Yeah. Like you're playing a cartoon. Yeah, playing a cartoon. Or play, you know, it could be something like like a Ninja Turtle type game where it feels like you're playing the 1980s cartoon. You could. I mean, it's sort of how you sell it, though. I mean, even... It goes down to marketing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, even Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, we're talking about comic books. I mean, they had they made that look yeah, but as that realistic as more, possible. That was close to more realistic yeah. than comic book. Yeah, no, that's exactly. right there. That's on the border. Like, that's on the, on the cusp, but that's... I would give that more realistic than than comic book. I mean, oh, definitely no, but that's what exactly what I'm saying. Like the way they sold that game was by making it more realistic looking, and also giving every all the females like really skimpy ass costumes. Well, they, that's a comic book strategy right there. Like it's <laughs> it was even worse than the comic than the normal comic book strat. You know, it's like it's because it was the Unreal Engine, and everything is bigger in the Unreal Engine. <laughs> but it, it'd be. It'd be nice to see some different art styles going. There, there has to be more different artistic um, art, and not technology has to take more precedence now. I think the art, the technology is there already. It's not that the technology doesn't exist. Yeah, so now it's the art a, has to step up. It's just there's a lack I of think, ideas. I think. I think a lot of it is just that creativity is so it's so hard to come up with new stuff. Whereas technology, you know exactly what to do to make it better. But that's the thing. It's the invest, the investment. In and again, we were talking about, you know, part of my point last week about why do we need to be pushing the technology so much when the artistry is not catching up? There hasn't been new great ideas. There hasn't been any way like you, the the palette is already there, and you sh- the. Technology is not what drives the art. It's like the the equivalent. What I was thinking during the week was like the equivalent was if you're a rich kid with the most amount of money and you buy all the effects for your guitars, you can make you know it's not very creative because all the stuff's already been done for you. Versus being the kid that buys one really shitty guitar, you learn how to be really good at it, and then you start messing with the electronics, and then you end up being fucking Eric Clapton because you you know you can make something sound like no nobody's ever tried before mm-hmm. that's artistry Thou that, that's the art behind it and that's what makes it that's the creativity behind it the technology is there you can actually get it it's relatively cheap it's just that when you keep on pushing just technology you're you're losing the art in the process of it or the art isn't there the only thing you're trying to do is just trying to go for one whatever one singular vision you have which is like trying to make it look as real as possible. And yeah, but wouldn't the same thing happen in indie games? Like the, the, the little art style, like it would, it would be an oversaturation. The same thing, just cookie cutter. It could be, but the problem with it would the, be it would be like the, back when we was, NES was around. It would be the same fucking thing. Well, no. So the difference with art, I think the difference with indie games is because because they can't afford the most expensive technology, and because they can't afford the most amount of people to make a game. They have to. Be they have creative. to be creative. They're forced to be creative. When you're when you don't have the most expensive things on earth, when you don't have the 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 money to do it, 
Your creativity is what drives you. Your creativity is what drives the next idea. Right? It's what forces you to be able to make the new thing, which is why the indie games, I think, has so many different versions of art styles where not everything is this one singular thing. Now, whether it sell, sells or not is quite a different thing. Hopefully it does sell, and hopefully it drives the rest of the industry. But the reason that you have varied amounts of creativity specifically has to do with they don't have the money simply to or the resources to make the technology. It's the same case for Nintendo. Nintendo didn't have the money back in 2006 to make the most expensive the most expensive technology because they're going up against technology companies. So what do they do? They have to make an idea. They have to make a creative idea and they made the Wii out of it. Regardless of whether people like it or not, that's that's creativity. That's what creativity what does. What if they couldn't afford it at the time? Because they put so much money into the research of the motion control, the, they couldn't afford. No, to so also the motion put, push, put motion and also push a, a cutting edge system at the same time. They couldn't even afford it. I mean, the thing is, they would have had to sell some ridiculous amount of money for it. Part of the beauty of the Wii, though, was that you could sell this thing for two hundred fifty bucks, and it was something completely new. And the technology was so cheap for them to. The reason they never put a camera up is because of the cost. Is most likely because of cost related issues. It's so cheap to have a fucking IR on your TV and have your remote like picking up the light, rather than having having physically to buy a camera that they didn't have the technology for and it wasn't cost effective enough to put up. But at the same time, you know, this creative low budget item caused a lot of people to. What am I trying to say? I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something about shovelware. It's because people... You know, that's a different... I think they, that's a they, different okay, issue. They abuse the... Like, normally we've been saying less technology, you have to be creative. So these shovelware companies were abusing that and kind of going the other way with it. And... Yeah, but what's to stop using, using, indie games from going that way route too? Like, hey, right, I'm gonna, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Gonna, that's, that's what I was trying to say. The oversaturation, like, it's just going to be games. Are just, it's going to end up being the same thing. It's already happening. But See? there's a specific market that that's happening for, and it's not games like Binding of Isaac, or it's not these the good indie games that we're talking about that cost about fifteen to twenty dollars for us to purchase. Mm-hmm. That cost ten to that costs like five to ten dollars, and. The game market that that's happening to is iPhone games. Yes, right. Sure, that's yeah, where yeah, that's yeah. happening to, and I don't really care about that. They, okay, because but like, no, the, the, the resources. So the reason. Really so there's there's an op. The, you're completely right. There's a complete opposite spectrum of it, and that's when things like when you get really desperate, you really have to just come up with something to make money because you missed the boat on it, or because you're trying to make a quick buck on it. And the only thing you have is like to make a shitty idea that you can make a quick buck on. And when it's really, really cheap, it's like what? How much is an iPhone game? Like a dollar? Nine nine cents, yeah. Nine nine cents, right? You can't. You you can only. People are more likely to buy something really, really cheap and get nothing out of it. Now, if you're comparing a game like Great, like Braid or Limbo, like so the game, there's a it's a it's a higher tier. Right, that's the next level tier or two levels up, where the game is about fifteen dollars, uh, ten to fifteen dollars. Are you talking about price tiers? Um, price and quality tier. When you get the higher price tier, you have inevitably a higher quality tier because everybody's 
it has to be more worth paying for. And what sort of happened with that? You have a higher standard, yeah. Not only have we gotten a higher standard, it's gotten to a point where it's being comparable to a $60 game. It's getting close to comparable with a $60 experience in some cases. Right? Some of these games, are the, the length and the quality are that to a AAA title in many cases. You know, I'll give you that. Uh, Shadow Complex for the... Shadow Complex is a great example. Yeah. Um, so what would you call Angry Birds? I mean, obviously, it's not... I shouldn't even say obviously. It's not the same quality, but at the same time, everybody loves it, everybody plays it, and some people play it for hundreds of hours, far longer than they would play these quote-unquote AAA, you know, big blockbuster it's exa- It's a shovelware game. It's the yeah, type of shovelware $1 game that you buy that has the same premise over and over again, but it's very addicting. It's very good. But you can't really say it's of a lower quality. It's of lower. It's not so much lower quality. I, I think that's the wrong words I've been using. Not so much lower quality, but it's not as deep, right? I mean, this is the thing. It's, it takes an idea and just multiplies it by however many levels that yeah, they could design. It's a puzzle design. game. Like, so it's like, it's like saying Sudoku is, is a great uh comparison to AAA titles like no it's a puzzle game it's different it, it's it, it's all it, that it's, it's, only, it's, off the, it's only it's in a different class type of thing but it's a cheap game I mean that's the thing it's a cheap game it's a small game it's one of those things that everybody plays it's shovel yeah, and, and not, it's shovelware and not everyone plays it like religious, as much as we hate it like as much as we hate shovelware like some most of those games are actually fun for most people it's of that caliber those $20 games, those $15 games for the Wii, people bought them because they were actually addicting to play. Like, you can play with your family, you play a couple games, and that was it. What we just don't like about what we don't like about it isn't so much that they're shovelware, it's just that there's so many of those games versus the games that we wanted. Well, no, at first, those shovelware games were just, they didn't even handle the controls right. None of them, some of them just handled, like, did basic like move, movements nothing yeah but pe- we didn't who the hell cared most of those people that there's a lot of people that bought them that was why they kept on making more of those because people were buying them and people were having fun with them we just didn't have fun with them and some of them were completely shitty but they were good enough for most people to play and they liked them just like you know angry birds by all by most people's definitions is a shitty game I mean, it's sort of it's it's a very simple game. It's just one thing. I mean, it's 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 very much quote unquote shovelware. It's just that it's an addicting game. Like a, it's a different version of it's a different definition of a game or what we expect of a game to be. Yeah, but you don't. You usually just play like one or two levels, Angry Birds, and just move on. It's like something you do. You do in the toilet, to and then yeah, about five the minutes, la- and then like five minutes later, you're like, "Well, I could play another round." Yeah, it's like playing, like it's like making, like it's a crossword puzzle or something. Like that. That's that's all it really is. So, is Tetris shovelware? Yeah, Tetris is shovelware. I don't agree with that. Tetris at all. is shovelware, but the How difference is that not shovelware. No, no, but like what the problem with shovelware? No, no, like Adam, like what? How is that not? <laughs> Nowadays, maybe if you know you have a bunch of remakes, but when it first came out, there is no way, like shovelware didn't even exist. I mean, all games were oh, yeah. so, unique ideas. Okay, so there was a lot of shovelware for the NES. You, yeah, there was a shitload of shovelware for the, for the Atari. NES. That's what killed it. So there was such things. So we just didn't name it that. Well, I guess, I guess we have to define shovelware. Like, if it's just 
if we're defining shovelware as like cheap games with simple ideas that you could play over and over again because the intent was not so much the the intent was just to play a simple game that was addicting mm-hmm. then there was a ton then Tetris is definitely that if we're talking about shovelware just being a bad game and I mean like not just not addicting but it's just not good the mechanic like it doesn't work broken if, it, yeah if it was broken and people were just buying broken games that wasn't the case for the Wii and that's definitely not the case all the time I mean that's not all shovelware it's just cheap those are cheap games we give it that yeah. term because we were like we're, we would never buy those games and we would rate them pretty poorly but most people found them fun they did work and you know it's like you know we play we play as shovelware Right, most of us would think there's a bunch of fucking mini games. Who would pay that money for this game, other than getting another Wiimote for like ten bucks? Yeah, that's basically what it was. It's just that's what it was. It was a fu- a- yeah, it was fucking shovelware, but the games were actually quite good. Like the games in terms of like if my mom was going to play them, if the person that loves Angry Birds was going to play them, that was what they're going to pay for. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. This goes back to like the Call of Duty argument. If you call out what it is and you admit it what it is, yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's a simple game. It's a very simple game. It's addicting. The reason it sells well, sells well it's addicting. And what makes it great is because of that addictive nature. Bless you. Thank you. you know, like not every game needs a fucking narrative to have, but you know. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of falling asleep, so do you guys, do you that's, guys have any good. other ideas no. about this topic? No. No. Okay. Listeners, email us if you have something to say about this, and we'll read it. With less Alex complaining, I promise. I'll complain even more next time. Can't promise. You cannot promise which, All right. that well, which you cannot control. I think we're done for this week. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, contact info. Go to our board at tinyurl.com slash working title or ztpsocialboard.proboards.com. Email us at wtpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at ZeldaWTPodcast. Become a fan on Facebook at Zelda Working Title Podcast. Add our page to your Google Plus circles, not the individual account. That is Zelda Working Title Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash users slash Podcast, And as always, rate us on iTunes. Give us a trillion gazillion stars. That's it. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Angel. Good night, guys. We'll see you guys next week.